Dean Foley, founder and CEO of Barama. You've published an opinion piece on your website, raising the alarm about perceived racism against Aboriginal people in your hometown, Canada. You also talk about tensions between mining companies and local communities. Now, can you give us some background to what's happening and how this situation is so alarming and has led you to publish a scathing opinion piece? The racial tensions have been growing, especially with the growing inequalities between, you know, Indigenous people and non-Indigenous people here, especially in relation, you know, to the mines, which are, you know, recording uh, record profits. But it really stemmed uh, right in this opinion piece and and having a yarn to you from a racist, really racist and threatening comment to an Aboriginal community member of Canada. Uh, with this uh, alleged mining employee from Whitehaven Coal, you know, threatened to do a, a similar thing to the unfortunate incident which happened over in WA with the Aboriginal boy where he was you know, bashed over the head with a pole. And yeah, so this employee's you know, threatened on Facebook that you know, he'll, he'll wrap her head around her and you know, hope, hope she gets hit by a truck and die painfully and that kind of stuff, um, and called her, uh, uh, what is it, a coon? I won't say the other um, word attached to it, but, you know, call her a coon. So, you know, very racial and, and threatening posts on, on Facebook. And, again, I think it just ties back into the, the racial tensions, um, growing racial tra- uh, tensions between Indigenous and non-Indigenous residents Whitehaven's uh, one of the biggest companies in the area, uh, one of the mm-hmm. biggest employers. Uh, what connection have they got and what relationship uh, have they got with uh, the local community, especially with uh, the traditional owners? Mm-hmm. There's multiple mines in Canada, but the unemployment rate is still over 10%, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics census data in 2021. So, you know, there's still massive, you know, unemployment. Um, you know, Whitehaven have said, you know, publicly something about 16% employment. I'm not too sure, you know, what the numbers are, but my feeling in the community and the people I speak to and, and fellow members at the Red Chief Local Aboriginal Land Council, um, you know, that we're members of, um, the feeling is, you know, Whitehaven aren't doing enough. Again, if you look at, the Australian Bureau of Statistics census data from 2006 when the, these miners started you know, pitching up tent and mine in the area compared to you know 2021, the latest census data. Um, even though there's been some uh, employment increases, you know, some medium pay increases, you you got to even that up, um, not just with the environmental damage, but also the social damage in relation to, like, rent. The rent increase, you know, from 2006 was around about $100, $120. Now, according to au, when I looked at it a couple of weeks ago, the medium rent in Gunda is now $450. Medium house price is, you know, almost half a million dollars. So some of those gains that the you know some Aboriginal people here have got through employment and and the increase in the middle income has actually been kind of consumed by the extra costs you know just from the mines uh, that are a major influence like in the housing market and you know there's been a decrease in um, actually Aboriginal people owning their house outright like you know wealth 
Um, there has been an increase um, in mortgages, but again, that's you know, debt um, that they have to pay off. Um, so it's not exactly wealth until they actually pay it off. And and then renters, true Aboriginal renters, renting the house is basically become unaffordable for many Aboriginal members, especially you know the younger generation. And I think there was like around about seven eight percent decrease in renting, you know, from 2006 and to 2021, just because you know it's, it's unaffordable. And that's that's what I'm hearing. And supposedly, you know, it has been brought to the attention of Whitehaven and the other mines that, you know, housing unaffordability because of the mines in Gundera is a real issue and, you know, it needs to be solved. So the presence of Whitehaven in the area as one of the biggest employers uh, is contributing to a rise in uh, inequalities and not only that, uh, the company's alleged employees are contributing to the rise in uh, racial tensions. So this could mean the presence of uh, this mining giant uh, is uh, contributing to actually widening the gap. You know, the, how they get approved is, you know, they always promise a lot of jobs, sometimes more than what they actually deliver. And so Whitehaven actually, yeah, 2,500 across, you know, multiple areas around New South Wales, uh, you know, supposedly around 16% are Aboriginal um, but, you know, I know a lot of Aboriginal people put in CV, uh, CVs and, you know, resumes and, you know, still waiting and there's no, like, pipeline to upskill these Aboriginals in communities and, and get them into the jobs when the opportunities come up. And then if you look at, you know, Whitehaven, they re- recorded a $1.4 billion profit in the last financial year and, you know, they spent $17 million just increasing housing in Gundar because there's a shortage uh, just for their own employees but you know what about the Aboriginal people struggling to find a house and and rent a house because of the massive increase of rent since you know 2006 when these miners started coming into Gundar again it's one of those things too right like they say you know, 16% but like how many of those jobs are actually trainees or internships and that kind of stuff uh, or, you know, actual full-time and high-paying jobs. So. Now, coming back to your opinion piece and uh, the alarm you're raising about the prevalence of racism, you say the situation involves uh, predominantly three people, and one of them is identified as a white haven employee. Are the two others in any way or another linked to the mining giant as well? Uh, so it hasn't been confirmed with the other one. Aaron, um, but yeah, hasn't been confirmed yet if he is, and the other one, um, you know, with weapons and who, you know, might be a potential threat, um, I haven't asked yet, but they haven't, yeah, they haven't confirmed uh, either, you know, all the names uh, at this time. So you've contacted Whitehaven for clarification, and uh, what did they say? They haven't got back to me yet. Um, I tagged the, the CEO. Uh, Paul Flynn, you know, on LinkedIn. Um, I haven't heard anything back. He never, you know, replied with a comment or anything. So just no word from Whitehaven yet. Now, one of the people involved, uh, you've named them because uh, they've made uh, slurs on social media, uh, precisely on Facebook, under their own name. 
a second person says using an alias and uh, the third one is making direct threats not just insults and slurs they also have access to firearms and are threatened to use them and this is a situation that uh, elevates the risk to the community as well yeah 100 percent and the one with the firearms just um, updated his profile pic on facebook you know with over a a half a dozen, you know, rifles, you know, very threatening. And he's one of, you know, the most active in this, you know, Facebook group that seems to be, you know, very indigenous and, and stalking Pacific people within the community and showcasing, you know, very concerning behaviour. Um, I have uh, submitted a, a, you know, concern to New South Wales Police questioning, you know, does he have a licence for these firearms? And, you know, if he does, you know, what are you doing about it? Because there seems to be, you know, quite a, a risk based on his behaviour. In your piece, you say you reported the situation to the police, but uh, you also mentioned uh, troubling behaviour by the police themselves towards Indigenous people in Ganda. You mentioned the case, especially over false accusation against a young fella falsely accused by the police for allegedly stealing a bike uh, that he bought with his own money. Yeah, which is very concerning when you consider, you know, the New South Wales police is supposed to protect everybody. But when you hear about incidents like that, you know, from an Aboriginal person saying that their Aboriginal grandson, you know, 16-year-old, just brought a new bike and, you know, was riding it down the street and gets pulled over by the police, you immediately start interrogating him and and basically implying that, you know, it was stolen and... um and that kind of behaviour, you know, it's really uh, concerning because, you know, not only the treatment of Aboriginal youth, um, you know, that, that whole perception, like, you know, what are they going to do if Aboriginal people are, are calling with genuine concerns? Like, they're probably not going to be as interested um, just because, you know, we're Aboriginal kind of thing. In your opinion, piece, you say that members of the community have started reacting, uh, including uh, writing an open letter to Whitehaven. What other actions have been taken? There's been a few calls to Whitehaven that I'm aware of um, from different people. Obviously, I'm from Gunda, Aboriginal member, uh, you know, the part of the, the Gamoran native title family is, you know, traditional status and all that kind of stuff. So I just... Yeah, I read a letter to Paul Flynn just, you know, expressing their concerns because on their website they talk about values, you know, looking after community and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, when alleged, you know, employees are posting really racist and threatening stuff towards the Aboriginal community in Gunnada, um, don't know if, you know, other Aboriginal communities where Whitehaven operate are experiencing similar things. But, yeah, it's just really concerned. So I wrote a letter, tagged him in it, haven't received a reply, haven't received anything from Whitehaven. Like I've sent emails, um, you know, called multiple times. I've CC'd uh, Paul Flynn, the CEO Managing Director, expressing my concerns, and it's uh, been a bit radio silence um, at the moment. Now, Dean Foley, anything else you'd like to add uh, to the conversation? I guess I will say, you know, these mining companies... They like to, you know, promote and they do sometimes do good work in the community in relation to employment. But I think, you know, the governments, when they're approving these mines or coal mines or, you know, gas mines and that kind of stuff, they they need to take a look at the broader impact that's happening in the Aboriginal community. I mean, we see native title groups taking these big mining companies to court about the environmental impact. But you also got to look at 
the actual negatives, the social negative impacts from you know, potential uh, people that you know moving into the community and these mining companies or well, in Uganda anyways they don't they don't uh, as far as I know they don't have any Aboriginal education programs to educate you know their employees about Aboriginal people in community and so there's no real education and again it just increases that racial tensions when you, you move people in that may may not be used to you know living with Aboriginal community or know an Aboriginal person and um, I don't know if you've heard before but you know for us in a mining community a big mining community you know that affordability of housing and the dream of owning Aboriginal people owning a house and and, or even renting a house is you know, quite massive. So it's, you know, it'd be nice if politicians don't just look at it as, oh, yeah, they're going to employ some Aboriginal people in the community, like take a holistic approach about you know, potential increases in rent, um, you know, potential racial uh, tensions between the Aboriginal communities and um, you know, the fly-out fly workers that they uh, employ. And, uh, yeah. Dean Foley, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today about the situation prevailing in uh, Canada, your hometown. It's great to have you on. Thank you.